Welcome to Discover Barnstable, the official podcast of the town of Barnstable, a podcast where you can meet the people who steward the programs and services for the town of Barnstable that connects us to our quality of life. We invite you to join the conversation as we navigate municipal government and our community pathways to help you discover Barnstable. I'm Lynn Poyon, and today I'm joined by my fellow co-host and tour guide, Paula Hersey, as we dive into this week's topic of discussion, Budget 101, and our guest is our finance director, Mark Milne. Mark has been the director of finance for the town of Barnstable for the past 25 years. Prior to his career in public finance, he spent several years working in the public accounting profession and is a licensed CPA in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. While in Barnstable, Mark has spearheaded the consolidation of the financial operations between the town and school departments, a unique relationship that he is often requested to present on to present on to professional organizations across New England. Mark is also the immediate past president of the New England State's Government Finance Officers Association, an organization of public finance professionals throughout New England that facilitate discussion, analysis, and solutions on issues facing local governments, as well as promoting continuing education programs for public finance officials and employees. Welcome, Mark. Thank you for having me. Well, what she didn't mention is that you're an award-winning finance director, Mr. Milne, um, and that is uh, our budgets. And that's what we're really here to talk about today is to kind of get that finance 101 to set the table, per se, for folks to understand uh, where their tax dollars might be going, mm -hmm. um, how those decisions are made, and really kind of maybe think about how to get involved and understand and maybe participate in some of those budgeting processes. So right off the bat, we're gonna get into that, you know, that single one question that's gonna really kind of put the knife and fork on the table, which is what role does a budget actually play in a community? Sure, there are um, several roles. First, it, it, it's a, it, ser it serves as a policy document, right? It, it, it outlines the various financial policies that the town follows in developing, implementing, monitoring its budget. Um, it serves as a communications device. It allows our community to understand the programs and services that um, we provide to our citizens. Um, it's a financial plan. It outlines you know, where all the revenues come from, um, how we allocate those resources to uh, programs and services for the community. So it, it serves multiple purposes. And it's probably one of the most important documents that we produce on an annual basis, as we're, we're required to produce on an annual basis. And um, it's, a, uh, you know, it's, a, it's a very complicated and um, um, large document that many people use as doorstops because uh, of the size of it. <laughs> I don't think so, but that's okay. <laughs> Can you please explain to us the difference the different roles that elected and appointed, appointed officials um, play in the creation of a budget document. Sure. So in, in our form of government, as you know, we've, we're council manager form of government. We're really a city form of government. We call ourselves the town of Barnstable. You know, we're, we're a city that likes to call itself a town. Um, but with our form of government, you have a distinct separation of powers between the administration and elected officials when it comes to developing the budget, and that's the way our charter is defined it. 
Um, the appointed officials are the ones responsible for crafting the budget, implementing that plan. Um, our legislative body is responsible for um, approving that um, or disapproving that. I mean, it's uh, so that's the distinct difference between the two. Our council doesn't develop the budget. Um, however, they have input in programs and services and what they want us to focus on. And that's all part of the strategic planning process that they go through um, every other year, um, uh, highlighting you know, where we should be emphasizing resource allocation. Uh, and that document is the backbone to what appointed officials of town management use to develop that spending plan for their approval. And I know that when, you know, with being department heads, we follow the town council strategic plan. And when we're putting items in as far as what we're doing for priorities, uh, for goals, for going forward, either short term or long term, we're tying them to the town council strategic plan. Right. And we specifically specify in the document what of those um, goals of the plan this particular item adheres to addresses right exactly and that's when i spoke earlier about how it's a it's a policy doc. one of the things it is is a policy document and that speaks to that policy document well this is how this program relates to the town council's strategic plan or policy um, so it, it's a critical you know it's one of the tie-ins that you want to uh, provide your community just to show to demonstrate how you are addressing their strategic plan Right, and this is a, a living document where we look at it as everyone here in the town hall has some piece in this budget, right, that every department needs to look at how they operate and what's going to go into that. So there's operating, but what if we want to do, you know, something different or something new or we need to address a specific um, challenge that our community is facing? Are there two different um budgets that we deal with here in the town sure. yes um we we have a capital budget as well as an operating budget two very distinct different budgets um the capital budget includes um, usually includes very large expenditures that addresses the community's infrastructure whether it's existing infrastructure improving upon that or maintaining that or creating new infrastructure. Um, so both budgets are prepared around the same time frame every year, and they relate to each other in the sense that the capital budget can sometimes have operating budget impacts. Um, if you build a new facility, you gotta be prepared to staff that and provide the utility costs in the budget in future operating budgets um, so that you can run that facility. So. Um, there is an interrelationship between the two documents, but they're very distinct and different in, in that uh, the capital plan is usually your large one-time um, types of expenditures that you have. To, we have to borrow money in the bond market to finance the construction of the asset, where the operating budget deals with all of the services that we provide on an ongoing basis. So let me kind of break it down a little bit for folks that are listening. So your operating budget take your home budget, right, is your utilities that you're paying for, it's your groceries, it's your gas, it's your insurance that you pay on your house and your car, and the capital budget is your vacation to Disney World. Yeah, or, or the purchase of that new vehicle. 
Yeah. You know, and then the loan payment that you make every month is, is your, your operating budget. But you go out and you borrow the money to finance that. But your capital budget is, okay, this is my, uh, I'm going to go out and buy a new car. And then it has an operating budget impact because now you have an annual or monthly loan payment for the next three, four, five years. Right. And that loan payment is dependent on your credit score. And you mentioned right. bond rating. Is that somewhat similar? And in, in how does that kind of figure into the town of Barnstable? And what is our bond rating? Sure. Our, our bond, the bond rating for a municipality is the equivalent to you know your personal credit score that an individual would have. So I think the highest personal credit score you can have is about an 850, correct? And and we have what's known in the municipal world a triple A bond rating, which is like having that um, 850 credit score. You're near the the, the uh, top of the credit score, which is considered exceptional. So what does that mean for us? The impact is that when, when we go to the bond market to finance our capital program, we get the best interest rates on those loans that we take out to finance the capital program, just like you would get when you're buying a house if you have a you know, an 800 to an 850 credit score, you're gonna get the best interest rate when you go to mortgage that house. And so um, that's very similar, the way they work. Um, budgets are built and crafted um, every year. Um, and they, you also, we go by quarters, and, and can you explain the fiscal year versus the calendar year, and then what budget cycle follows um, each um, quarter? Yeah, so um, it's a good question, Lynn. Um, our uh, fiscal year for, for all municipalities in the state of Massachusetts begin on July 1 and they end on June 30th. So you're actually crossing, you're operating within two calendar years, um, which makes it very confusing for some people because even myself, sometimes I'm sitting there and, you know, I'm, I'm building the fiscal year 23 budget right now. Well, wait a minute, I'm only in calendar year 2022. Right? I just got out of calendar year 2021. And you're talking about fiscal year 23, which starts six months from now. Um, so uh, it could be very confusing for people. But yeah, our, so our fiscal year is, is off cycle with the calendar year, as I explained. Um, but it's a year-round process, developing a budget. We start, it never ends. It, it's continuous in the sense that it begins with the feedback that we get on a regular basis, whether it's from citizens, elected officials, department heads, employees, it's a constant give and take and evolving process as you commented on earlier. And that starts at the very July 1 every single year. We're, we're taking that feedback and then we really start getting into the development of it in the second quarter of the fiscal year, which begins October 1st, as departments start submitting their capital request and their operating budget requests. Then in the third quarter, we're evaluating all of that and in the fourth quarter, we're presenting the proposed operating and capital budgets to the town council for their approval. And running parallel to that, as a department head or a division head, you would be starting July 1, making sure that all of the, your budget items are appropriately um, aligned with what was approved. Mm -hmm. And then in the second quarter, starting in October, you're making sure that your budgeting is following um, the right path, the right track, that you're not running over in certain areas. And in January 1st, you're continuing to make sure that your your budget is staying on track. And if you're starting to see some 
differentials where you may be running over in a certain area, you, you have to make adjustments um, during that July, uh, January 1st time frame because once you get to April 1st, that's the last end, and there's really very little time to make any yeah. adjustment to a budget. Yeah, if, you, if you're not watching your budget and you get into that last quarter of the fiscal year, it's almost too late to do anything. So you really need to know how you're tracking um, throughout the year. And I would say, as you just said, January 1, if you identify a problem in your budget, you have to start addressing it then um, and not waiting till the last quarter of the fiscal year because by then it's just too late to address it. Thank you. And that really kind of segues perfectly into one of our last questions here, which is major cost drivers and revenues. So there are cost drivers in operating and in capital. Um, construction costs go up year after year. Employment costs go up year after year. Revenues don't necessarily go up year after year. So what are some of the majors that people can kind of wrap their heads around uh, for, you know, how the budget actually gets funded? Yeah, so, um, well, on the expenditure side of our budget, um, you know, we don't make things. We don't, we don't make COVID tests or we're not a manufacturer of, of automobiles or anything. We provide services and services are provided by people. And so a significant amount of our uh, expenditures are in the personnel area of the uh, personnel category, and that includes his wages and the associated benefits that go along with paying those wages. Um, so that's a majority of our expenditures. On the revenue side, to fund all of that, we're predominantly dependent upon property taxes, and, and that's the same for most communities in Massachusetts. Uh, the second largest revenue source that we have um, uh, is the funding that we receive from the state. Um, in the form of state aid. And for many Cape communities, that's limited. Um, it's not uh, as significant as you would find in most urban areas within Massachusetts uh, where the funding is much higher. Um, and then the last category of, of major revenue sources are the local receipts that we generate through building permits and fees that we may charge um, and health department inspections and motor vehicle excise taxes that are levied against automobiles. So those are really the three major sources of category revenue that go to fund all of those salaries and benefits, which is our major expenditures. Right, but there's also um, some that we do see for ancillary kind of pieces that may not necessarily have a budget impact, and those are in the form of grants, which we've seen a lot of uh, recently during the last two years during the COVID pandemic. Can you speak to that a little bit? Sure, yeah, so grants come in two different forms. Um, some, are, some are referred to as entitlement grants and the rest being um, competitive grants. So what we've seen in the past couple of years because of the public health emergency is a lot of, um, I would classify them as entitlement grants um, because we haven't had to compete for them. Uh, the money has flowed directly from the federal government to the states and sometimes directly to the local communities with things like ARPA funds. Um, so yeah, we've seen some, some significant grants um, recently associated with COVID. Um, obviously, much of that money was directed towards um, the cost that we were incurring um, uh, directly related to responding um, to the public health emergency. Um, but they've also provided, the, the funding is also provided um, to help ease the financial impact uh, to communities because of the lost revenue that communities have encountered as a result of 
the public health emergency. There has been, you know, across the board, a reduction in um, various types of revenues for a lot of communities. And so the federal government was trying to help out by providing some additional uh, grants um, to, to replace that lost revenue. And then with the latest round of funding um, under the ARPA program, or the Coronavirus Local Fiscal Recovery Fund, it's also known as, um, they were also providing additional funding to help communities with infrastructure challenges. Um, so, um, yeah, that, that, that's a, and the other category of grants that I mentioned are, are comp competitive types of grants where uh, annually the state and federal government will provide a pool of funding for which we can compete with other entities to try to fund a particular program perhaps we want to implement and try to keep going on an ongoing basis or it could be a one-time type of expenditure. All right. If you had to tell um, uh, residents and uh, property owners here in the town of Barnstable um, how they really wanted um, to get involved in the budget process, what are the first things that you would suggest that they do? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, contact your counselor. Um, let them know what you would they would like to see or what you would like to see um, happen. Maybe it's something that's close to home or something townwide. Um, the other thing you can do is call town hall. Call call um, call call myself. Uh, let me know what you're thinking because um, as I play a major role in the annual development of the budget, it's always good to hear from people um, about what they uh, uh, what they would like to see happening in the town. Perhaps. Um, build upon something or um, start something new. And the residents can actually observe the budget online, right? You have the open budget document there that people can see how different departments are spending. Yes, uh, that's, a, that's a great point, Lynn. We, we put this in place a couple, about five years actually now. We have um, the open budget website, which allows people to go in and look at both the revenue side and how it's trending, how our collections and revenue to date are, are corresponding to our um, budget estimates. And on the expenditure side, you can see how our spending trends are tracking in accordance with the approved budget by the town council. So, And we also have a great feature on our capital side of the program where all of our capital appropriations for the last few years are out there. They can see the status of the project and how much has been spent to date. Gives you a description of what the project is. Um, uh, GPS coordinates as to where it's taking place. And uh, it's rather interesting and it's got a great deal of information in there. And no math. No math involved. The system does all the math for you. Excellent. <laughs> so this is uh, include kind of concludes our formal interview, but we have one last question for you, Mark, mm -hmm. and that is, where's your favorite favorite spot in Barnstable? Oh, I'd have to say I spend uh, a lot of time out on Sandy Neck in the summertime. Yeah. That's <laughs> awesome. You're not alone. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. Our next episode Join us next week when we invite Recreation Assistant Director John Gleason and Recreation Finance Supervisor Tricia Otto to talk about beach stickers, the types of permits offered, where to purchase them and which locations are they valid, and many other tidbits to help you get prepared for those warmer and sunnier days ahead. 
Thanks for spending time with us and listening to Discover Barnstable, the official podcast of the town of Barnstable. We hope you found a new understanding of how your municipal government works to protect, engage, and enact for you in our community. Be sure to drop us a line at podcast at town.barnstable.ma.us and let us know what you'd like to learn next. Till next time, go discover Barnstable.